Chapter Seven of Return of the Mucker by Edgar Rice Burroughs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joe Denoya, Somerset, New Jersey. In Peseta's camp, Peseta was a short, stocky man with a large, dark mustache. He attired himself after his own ideas of what should constitute the uniform of a general. Ideas more or less influenced and modified by the chance and caprice of fortune. At the moment that Billy, Bridge, and Miguel were dragged into his presence, his torso was enwrapped in a once resplendent coat covered with yards of gold braid. Upon his shoulder were brass epaulets, such as are connected only in one's mind with the ancient chorus ladies of the light operas of fifteen or twenty years ago. Upon his legs were some rusty and ragged overalls. His feet were bare. He scowled ferociously at the prisoners while his lieutenant narrated the thrilling facts of their capture, thrilling by embellishment. You are Americanos? he asked of Bridge and Billy. Both agreed that they were. Then Peseta turned toward Miguel. Where is Villa? he asked. How should I know, my general? parried Miguel. Who am I, a poor man with a tiny rancho, to know of the movements of the great ones of the earth? I did not even know where was the great General Peseta until now I am brought into his gracious presence, to throw myself at his feet and implore that I may be permitted to serve him in even the meanest of capacities. Peseta appeared not to hear what Miguel had said. He turned his shoulder toward the man and addressed Billy in broken English. "'You were on your way to El Arobo Ranch, eh? Are you acquainted there?' he asked. Billy replied that they were not, merely looking for employment upon an American-owned ranch or in an American mine. "'Why did you leave your own country?' asked Peseta. "'What do you want here in Mexico?' "'Well, old top,' replied Billy, "'you see the birds was flying south, and winter was in the air, and a fathead dick from Shy was on me trail. So I ducks.' Ducks? queried Peseta, mystified. Ah, the ducks. They fly south, I see. Nah, you poor simp. It blows, explained Billy. Ah, yes, agreed Peseta, not wishing to admit any ignorance of plain American even before a despised gringo. But the large-faced dick, what might that be? I have spent much time in the States, but I do not know that. I said, fat-head dick. That's a fly cop, Billy elucidated. It is he, then, that is the bird. Peseta beamed at this evidence of his own sagacity. He flying. Flanagan ain't no bird. Flanagan's a dub. Bridge came to the rescue. My erudite friend means, he explained, that the police chased him out of the United States of America. Peseta raised his eyebrows. All was now clear to him. But why did he not say so, he asked. He tried to, said Bridge. He did his best. Quit your kidding, admonished Billy. A bright light suddenly burst upon Peseta. He turned upon Bridge. "'Your friend is not, then, an American?' he asked. "'I guessed it. That is why I cannot understand him. He speaks the language of the gringo less well even than I. From what country is he?' Billy Byrne would have asserted with some show of asperity that he was nothing, if not American, but Bridge was quick to see a possible loophole for escape for his friend in Peseta's belief that Billy was no gringo, and warned the latter to silence by a quick motion of his head. He's from Grand Avenue, he said. It's not exactly in Germany, but there are a great many Germans there. My friend is a native, so he don't speak German or English either. They have a language of their own in Grand Avenue. I see, said Peseta, a German colony. I like the Germans. They furnish me with much ammunition and rifles. They are my very good friends. Take Miguel and the gringo away. This to the soldiers who have brought the prisoner to him. I will speak further with this man from Grand Avenue. When the others had passed out of hearing, Peseta addressed Billy. I'm sorry, senor, he said, that you have been put to so much inconvenience. My men could not know that you were not a gringo, but I can make it all right. I will make it all right. 
You are a big man. The gringos have chased you from their country as they chased me. I hate them. You hate them. But enough of them. You have no business in Mexico except to seek work. I give you work. You are big. You are strong. You are like a bull. You stay with me, senor, and I make you captain. I need men that can talk some English and look like a gringo. You do fine. We make much money, you and I. We make it all time while we fight to liberate my poor Mexico. When Mexico liberate, we fight some more to liberate her again. The Germans, they give me much money to liberate Mexico. And there are other ways of getting much money when one is riding around through rich country with soldiers liberating his poor, bleeding country, sabe? Yep, I guess I savvy, said Billy. And it listens all right to me far as you've gone. My pal in on it? Eh, you make my friend a captain, too? Peseta held up his hands and rolled his eyes in holy horror. Take a gringo into his band? It was unthinkable. He shot, he cried. I swear to kill all gringo. I become savior of my country. I rid her of all Americanos. Nix on the captain stuff for me, then, said Billy firmly. That guy's a right one. If any big stiff thinks he can croak little old bridge while Billy burns around, he's got another thing coming. Why, me and him's just like brothers. You like this, gringo? asked Peseta. You bet, cried Billy. Peseta thought for several minutes. In his mind was a scheme which required the help of just such an individual as this stranger, someone who was utterly unknown in the surrounding country, and whose presence in town could not by any stretch of the imagination be connected in any way with the bandit Peseta. I tell you, he said, I let your friend go. I send him under safe escort to El Robo Ranch. Maybe he help us there after a while. If you stay, I let him go. Otherwise, I shoot you both with Miguel. What you got it in for Mig fur? asked Billy. He's a harmless sort of guy. He's Velista. Velista with gringos run Mexico. Gringos and the church. Just like Huerta would have done if they'd have given him a chance. Only Huerta more for church than for gringos. I'll let the poor boob go, urged Billy, and I'll come along with you. Why, he's got a wife and kids. You wouldn't want to leave them without no one to look after them in this godforsaken country. Peseta grinned indulgently. Very well, senor captain, he said, bowing low. I let Miguel and your honorable friend go. I send safe escort with them. Bully for you, old pot, exclaimed Billy, and Peseta smiled delightedly in the belief that some complimentary title had been applied to him in the language of Grand Avenue. I'll go and tell them, said Billy. Yes, said Peseta, and say to them that they will start early in the morning. As Billy turned and walked in the direction that the soldiers had led Bridge and Miguel, Peseta beckoned to a soldier who leaned upon his gun at a short distance from his general, a barefooted, slovenly attempt at a headquarters orderly. Send Captain Rosales to me, directed Peseta. The soldier shuffled away to where a little circle of men in wide-brimmed, metal-encrusted hats squatted in the shade of a tree, chatting, laughing, and rolling cigarettes. He saluted one of these and delivered his message, whereupon the tall, gaunt Captain Rosales arose and came over to Peseta. The big one who you brought in today is not a gringo, said Peseta by way of opening the conversation. He is from Grand Avenue. He can be of great service to us, for he is very friendly with the Germans. Yet he looks like a gringo and could pass for one. We can utilize him. Also, he is very large and appears to be equally strong. He should make a good fighter, and we have none too many. I have made him captain. Rosales grinned. Already among Peseta's following of a hundred men, there were fifteen captains. Where is Grand Avenue? asked Rosales. You mean to say, my dear captain, exclaimed Peseta, that a man of your education does not know where Grand Avenue is? I am surprised. Why, it is a German colony. Yes, of course. I recall it well now. For the moment it had slipped my mind. My grandfather, who was a great traveler, was there many times. I have heard him speak of it often. 
but i did not summon you that we might discuss european geography interrupted peseta i sent for you to tell you that the stranger will not consent to serve me unless i liberated his friend the gringo and that sneaky spy of a miguel i was forced to yield for we can use the stranger so i have promised my dear captain that i shall send them upon their road with a safe escort in the morning and you shall command the guard upon your life respect my promise rosales but if some of these cutthroats should fall upon you and in the battle while you were trying to defend the gringo and miguel both should be slain by the bullets of the valistas ah but it would be deplorable rosales but it would not be your fault who indeed could blame you who had fought well and risked your men and yourself in the performance of your sacred duty rosales should such a thing occur what could i do in token of my great pleasure other than make you colonel i shall defend them with my life my general cried rosales bowing low good cried Peseta. that is all rosales started back toward the ring of smokers ah captain cried Peseta. another thing will you make it known to the other officers that the stranger from grand avenue is a captain and that it is my wish that he be well treated but not told so much as might injure him or his usefulness about our sacred work of liberating poor bleeding unhappy mexico again rosales bowed and departed this time he was not recalled billy found bridge and miguel squatting on the ground with two dirty-faced peons standing guard over them the latter were some little distance away they made no objection when billy approached the prisoners though they had looked in mild surprise when they saw him crossing toward them without a guard billy sat down beside bridge and broke into a laugh what's the joke asked bridge are we going to be hanged instead of being shot we ain't going to be either said billy and i'm a captain what do you know about that he explained all that had taken place between himself and peseta while bridge and miguel listened attentively to his every word i thought it was about the only way for us said billy we were in worse than i thought can the bowery stuff billy cried bridge and talk like a white man you can you know all right bo cried billy good-naturedly you see i forget when there is anything pressing like this to chew about then i fall back into the old lingo well as i was saying i didn't want to do it unless you would stay too but he wouldn't have you he has it in for all gringos and that bull you passed him about me being from a foreign country called grand avenue he fell for it like a rube for the tapped wire stuff he said if i wouldn't stay and help him he croaked a bunch of us how about that ace in a hole you were telling me about asked bridge i still got it and billy fondled something hard that swung under his left arm beneath his shirt but lord man what could i do against the whole bunch i might get a few of them but they get us all in the end the other way is better though i hate to have to split with you old man he was silent for a moment looking hard at the ground bridge whistled and cleared his throat i've always wanted to spend a year in rio he said we'll meet there when you can make your getaway you said it agreed byrne it's rio as soon as we can make it Peseta's promised to send you both loose in the morning and send you under safe escort miguel to his happy home and you to el robo ranch i guess the old stiff ain't so bad after all miguel had pricked up his ears at the sound of the word escort he leaned far forward closer to the two americans and whispered who is to command the escort he asked i don't know said billy what difference does it make it makes all the difference between life and death for your friend and for me said miguel there's no reason why i should need an escort i know my way throughout all chihuahua as well as peseta or any of his cutthroats i have come and gone all my life without an escort of course your friend is different it might be well for him to have company to el robo maybe it is all right but wait until we learn who commands the escort i know peseta well i know his methods if rosales rides out with us tomorrow morning you may say good-bye to your friend forever and you will never see him in rio or elsewhere he and i will be dead before ten o'clock 
"'What makes you think that, Bo?' demanded Billy. "'I do not think, senor,' replied Miguel. "'I know.' "'Well,' said Billy, "'we'll wait and see.' "'If it is Rosales, say nothing,' said Miguel. "'It would do no good, but we may then be on the watch. "'And if possible, you might find the means to obtain a couple of revolvers for us, "'in which case—' "'He shrugged and permitted a faint smile to flex his lips. "'As they talked, a soldier came and announced that they were no longer prisoners, "'that they were to have the freedom of the camp. "'But,' he concluded, "'the general requests that you do not pass beyond the limits of the camp. "'There are many desperados in the hills, and he fears for your safety, now that you are his guests.' The man spoke Spanish, so that it was necessary that Bridge interpret his words for the benefit of Billy, who had understood only part of what he said. "'Ask him,' said Byrne, "'if that stuff goes for me too.' "'He said no,' replied Bridge, after questioning the soldier. "'That the captain is now one of them, and may go and come and do as the other officers. Such are Pesetta's orders.' Billy arose. The messenger had returned to his post at headquarters. The guard had withdrawn, leaving the three men alone. "'So long, old man,' said Billy. If I'm going to be any help to you and Big, the less I'm seen with you, the better. I'll blow over and mix with the Dago bunch, and practice sitting on my heels. It seems to be the right dope down here, and i got to learn all I can about being a greaser, seeing that I've turned one. Goodbye, Billy. Remember Rio, said Bridge. And the revolvers, senor, added Miguel. You bet, replied Billy, and strolled off in the direction of the little circle of cigarette smokers. As he approached them, Rosales looked up and smiled, then rising, extended his hand. Senor Captain, he said, we welcome you. I am Captain Rosales. He hesitated, waiting for Billy to give his name. My moniker's Byrne, said Billy. Pleased to meet you, Cap. Ah, Captain Byrne, said Rosales, proceeding to introduce the newcomer to his fellow officers. Several, like Rosales, were educated men who had been officers in the army under former regimes, but had turned bandit as the safer alternative to suffering immediate death at the hands of the faction then in power. The others, for the most part, were pure-blooded Indians, whose adult lives had been spent in outlawry and brigandage. All were small of stature beside the giant, Byrne. Rosales and two others spoke English. With those, Billy conversed. He tried to learn from them the name of the officer who was to command the escort that was to accompany Bridge and Miguel into the valley on the morrow, but Rosales and the others assured him that they did not know. When he had asked the question, Billy had been looking straight at Rosales, and he had seen the man's pupils contract, and noticed the slight backward movement of the body which also denotes determination. Billy knew, therefore, that Rosales was lying. He did not know who was to command the escort, and there was something sinister in that knowledge, though the fellow would not have denied it. The American began to consider plans for saving his friend from the fate which Pesita had outlined for him. Rosales, too, was thinking rapidly. He was no fool. Why had the stranger desired to know who was to command the escort? He knew none of the officers personally. What difference, then, did it make to him who rode out on the morrow with his friend? Ah, but Miguel knew that it would make a difference. Miguel had spoken to the new captain and aroused his suspicions. Rosales excused himself and rose. A moment later he was in conversation with Peseta, unburdening himself of his suspicions and outlining a plan. Do not send me in charge of the escort, he advised. Send Captain Byrne himself. Peseta pooh-poohed the idea. But wait, urged Rosales. Let the stranger ride in command with a half-dozen picked men who will see that nothing goes wrong. An hour before dawn I will send two men. They will be our best shots on ahead. They will stop at a place we both know, and about noon the captain Byrne and his escort will ride back to the camp and tell us that they were attacked by a troop of Villa's men, and that both our guests were killed. It will be sad, but it will not be our fault. We will swear vengeance against Villa, and the captain Byrne will hate him as good as a pesatista should. You have the cunning of the coyote, my captain, cried Peseta. 
It shall be done as you suggest. Go now. I will send for Captain Byrne, and give him his orders for the morning. As Rosales strolled away, a figure rose from the shadows of the side of Pesita's tent, and slunk off into darkness. End of chapter 7